Circle of Birth podcast, reclaiming our birth potential with ancient wisdom and stories from birth and beyond, sharing the rich spectrum of family diversity and transformation, stories worldwide bringing together community and connectivity. Come together with story medicine and inspire at our unique birth journeys. We breathe, we birth, we become. Welcome to episode 52 and I'm just going to admit that I've just realised it's a new moon and this is the fifth time that I've tried to do this intro and I'm like stumbling all over the place. So I'm just going to try now with that open dialogue of what's going on for me. It's actually really hard when I'm on a new moon to do any sort of projects but I'm so excited to get this out And I put a lot of love into it this afternoon, sitting on my bed with my cat. So welcome. This story, I'm in so much gratitude and awe of for Jessie for sharing the video firstly. And that's when I stumbled across it from Julie from Blissful Herbs. Amazing woman you are, Julie, if you're listening. And what I came out of it was I felt like a little girl in wonder and in awe And I kind of missed all the media stuff, mainly because I don't subscribe to those things. And um, yeah, and then I kind of come across her right of response. So please go and check out my blog because I've got all the links to her full birth video plus the right of response and any other resources that Jessie has graciously shared with us. So... I felt really compelled to reach out and Jessie was really willing to share and we don't talk about any of the media stuff because this is not what that podcast is about. This is about sharing a mother or a father's unique story of birth and this is just what's happened here and I will assure you, you will be in podcast bliss when you listen to this story. (laughs) I was even so giggly and happy and just, it was a lovely, it was, we called it the date night last night. So we recorded last night and I've done it up today. So uh, Jessie talks about her conception, prepping for the birth, the labour, And one of the most important messages that she has gifted us, which I really resonate with, which she spoke about, was the equal importance of the mental and physical health of the mother. So however that sits with you, what it sits with me is, and I've had this experience myself with my firstborn, was at least you have a healthy baby and I got left with the rest. So what Jessie talks about and what she shares is the equal importance of the mental and physical health of the mother. And what you'll see through Jessie's journey is her openness and willingness to talk about how she came to have the birth that she did. And we talk about the importance of the pregnancy, the conception and how that all plays out into the mothering journey. And she wanted to share this and she shared the video because she was grateful for all the other women that shared their stories. So this is how we hold each other and this is how we support each other. This is what the podcast is about. And I really hope you get some value out of listening to this. So thank you. 
Okay. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to the Circle of Birth. Uh, it's been a while since I've recorded with someone, so it's a really great honour to actually sit with you. It is a Friday night. I have a gorgeous glass of wine. Um, so I'm really looking forward to chatting with you and hearing your amazing story, which I am so in awe of. Welcome. Thank you, Ali, so much. I have got my glass of gorgeous wine as well and a little bit of dark chocolate. So yes. I've been looking forward to this, to speaking to you. I ate all my chocolate. I had it ready to go during the podcast, oh. but I've actually <laughs> eaten it all already. <laughs> Just the wine. <laughs> now we're going to talk about your birth with Marley. Um, I come across yeah. it not too long ago and I was just awestruck in so many ways and we, we can talk about that as the podcast goes but there's just so much that I would love to ask you about this experience. Um, so let's get into it. Firstly... Oh, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, firstly I would love to know, so what I like to... No, is this Marley's your first baby? Yeah, she is. Yep, great. Yep, and first side baby. First baby. And so yeah. what's your experience of birth before you had Marley? So growing up as a child, did you have any experience of birth around you, breastfeeding? You know, what was your experience of this transitional phase as a child growing up as a young young woman yeah I um I'm the eldest of four and my sister was born two years after me so I didn't really remember my mum being pregnant or the breastfeeding journey that she had um my brother was born six years after me and then my sister was born a year after him so there's four of us all together and the last two were born 12 and 13 weeks early. So while I remember mum being pregnant, she only got to um, the, oh, I don't think, even think the third trimester there. So I didn't really see the end of that. And then I didn't see the breastfeeding journey because they were in hospital for three months in Brisbane and we lived in Byron. So it wasn't until they were three months that they came home and they, mum had actually sent her breast milk up on the um, local bus there that went from Byron to Brisbane and she would be up there when she could, but having the other children, she couldn't spend the entire three months up there. So when they did come home, um, we helped feed them with the bottle and I just, I don't, I'm sure mum did feed them, but I just don't, I really don't remember, um, yeah, I really can't remember seeing it. But it was always, birth was very positive and mum would all, all, sorry, often tell me that about my own birth story and that was she went into labour. Um, I think her waters actually broke and then she said to my father, we've got to get to hospital, um, my waters are broken, the baby's coming. And so they've leapt into the car and got a flat tire and wow. um, almost didn't make it to the hospital. They just kept driving on this flat tire 
and I was born from the waters breaking, which was mum going to labour, in an hour and 20 minutes. And so, you know, all us kids would go, oh, so did you have any pain relief and did you have any gas? Mum would say, no, no, there was no time and it was really beautiful and I didn't, I didn't need it anyway. And then she'd tell us about my sisters, which was a longer labour. But again, she hadn't, she didn't use any pain relief um, or anything and they were um, vaginal births as well. And But then it changed because with the last two and the waters breaking, that she was straight into a helicopter and flown up to Brisbane for both of them and that's where they stayed for three months. So they were quite different births, um, but always... Mum always spoke very positively about them and I remember telling all my friends, my mum had four babies and she didn't use any pain relief. She did it all by herself. So that was probably my introduction to birth and then I um, studied photography and I did a Bachelor of Photography and I photographed some births and not many but they were hospital births and I kind of saw, um, I saw it all in way of epidurals and everything else that was available, um, episiotomies, monitoring. So seeing it in person, I remember shooting my first one and then just not remembering anything about it until I had the film developed and I um, and I looked back on the photograph. Yeah, how long ago was that when you did the bachelor? Oh, this was I. Oh, yeah. So I started that in 1999. Right. Straight out of school. Birth photography probably wouldn't have been like it is now. Um, No. no. Yeah. No. I I was just really lucky, actually. Um, So was it an optional thing? One of them was. Yeah. Oh, that was just my own, I think, yeah, it was just my own interest that I wanted to photograph birth. Interesting. Um, yeah. And that was while I was still – yeah, it, it is actually. This, yeah. That was – must have been in my first year of photo- of the Bachelor of Photography and I was actually doing photojournalism. So it was a documentary style um, that I was doing and my view was to be a photojournalist and – my style is documentary style. So you just, you're photographing things as things happen without any, um, like not orchestrating anything, not setting anything up. But it's funny because I finished that Bachelor of Photography and I worked a little bit for a paper overseas and it was just so male dominated and it wasn't really positive. It was quite negative and so I came, I traveled a bit and I came home and I opened my portrait and that turned into a wedding business as well. So now it's maternity, newborn, family, pets and weddings that I mainly do. Um, so, and I would love to get back into birth photography. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. I wonder if, if that, uh, I mean, you know, the on-call life is probably tricky with that, but yeah, it would be amazing to be a birth photographer, I must say. Yeah, yeah, I do would really love to, um, when the time's right, to get back into that because I do think that all births are beautiful. Yes, 
And so yeah. going back to when you process those photos, I'm just feeling along mm. the lines of, you know, you had an interest in birth back then. So something's driving the, the, that sort of force in you. What, what arose for you when you look at, looked at those pictures for the first time? Um, it's a really good question. It, it was mixed because I remember her partner massaging her back and holding her close and it was so beautiful, the support that she had from him. And actually her, she, she already had a child and she was there as well. So it was a really beautiful, intimate occasion. Um, I don't think I'd actually ever heard of an episiotomy. I wouldn't have known what an episiotomy was until it all happened in front of me. And that was, to me, was just shock. <laughs> and I think I was, I think I was horrified too because it, to me, it, oh, I just remember that's when the blood started and it was just a little barbaric to me. So I was, I was really in shock when I saw that. Um, but then the baby was born and mum's face when the baby was born and she brought her up to her chest was just the, those emotions and just that love in the room and the happiness and relief. And they're the things that I remember the most about that birth. And it was just everybody was so happy and this new baby. And just actually the look on the mum's face just for that second where she just surprised that the baby's born and it's almost like she's thinking oh my gosh now what or look what I look what I have and she might have been remembering from her first birth that just those emotions of having another little living um baby that that she needs to look after and and nurture and and guide through life so yeah it was a really beautiful occasion so let's fast forward your life to your pregnancy with Marley, do you want to talk about that a bit and what sort of came up for you in that journey and into the birth? Tell us your story. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we had become pregnant a few times um, before Marley and the, um, the babies weren't viable and so we'd lost them. All those pregnancies weren't viable and we had lost them and that brought huge sadness to our lives and made me question um, my body. And they were quite hard times too because Brett works away and he's not often in phone reception. So those times were lonely for me as well and, and hard trying to deal um, with those emotions by yourself. So when I found out that I was pregnant with Marley, I, well, we'd actually decided not to have children um, about a year prior to that because just the sadness of losing babies and Brett not being around um, when, when they'd happened and just not having that support. And I, had, I just thought, I just don't want to keep going through this. And I'd, maybe there's a reason why we... Um, the babies aren't surviving. So I believe in fate and I believe everything is for a reason. So 
I thought, I'll just focus on business. Um, that will focus on his business. We love life. We enjoy our life. We don't need a baby. We don't need a family. And we had to talk about it. And then we didn't really speak any more of it until a year later. And Brett came home. Uh, to, he normally is away for three months. But he was going He's on a boat and he must have been going past Port Douglas and he stopped in and surprised me at home. And he brought out some wine and cheese and crackers and we're having a chat by the pool. And he said, Jesse, I have to tell you something. And I said, oh, gosh, what? <laughs> I had no idea what he was about to say. And I'm he pregnant. said, I really – yeah, I know. I'm like, what's going on? Are you pregnant? Am I pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said, I really want to be a dad. I really want to have a family and I really want to see you as a mum. And I, it was one of those drop mic moments because I've gone, no, wow. Brett, we spoke about this. My business is so busy. There is absolutely no time to have a baby now. We can't do this. And he said, well, we're going to have to um, – I know you'll be an amazing mum and I know that we can have a family and it's really important to me. So we went and um, – we actually went to speak to a doctor about IVF because while I knew we could get pregnant, Brett is wasn't home so much. So we were using it um, out of when 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 I was having my cycle that or ovulating that we could um, try and get pregnant that way if Brett wasn't here. And so we were booked in for the twelfth of March last year, and. I went to, Brett was away and I went to a, in January, I went to his dad's 80th and while I was there, I was sitting next to his brother and Trent was just going, Jesse, you guys, you've got to have a baby. You've got to, it's the best thing. Casey's pregnant again and we've got Indy and it's just, it will change your life and, you know, Brett might even be home more if you have a baby. And that was in Brisbane and that night I flew back up to Port Douglas and again another time that Brett surprised me and he was home for the one night and it just happened. I did an ovulation test and it was like now or never or you know, now or wait until next month. And so we we did it and we got pregnant that night. So oh, I love this. I, <laughs> found out we were pregnant. Um, my mum was coming to visit two weeks later and we are all about cheese and wine and going out for dinner and having a great time. And I thought I might just do a pregnancy test just in case. And it came back negative. So we we went out for dinner and I, I just had this feeling I didn't really feel like drinking. So mum was like, oh, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you drinking? And I said, I just don't, it just doesn't taste great for me for some reason. And then she left and I did another pregnancy test to find that I was pregnant. And I was, yes, so elated and excited. And Brett wasn't there, of course, and I didn't want to tell him over the phone. So I had to keep it a secret for another month until we got home. And in that time, I was just so careful. I just felt like, felt like I couldn't sneeze and I I just wanted to keep this pregnancy so badly and I was doing pregnancy tests every day multiple (laughs) times a day just checking 
if if I was still showing as pregnant and and I kept showing as pregnant and so I started to you know, just feel so happy about my body that I was still pregnant and I started feeling really proud of my body and happy and yeah, I was just planning for that day that how I was going to tell Brett. So what I ended up doing was doing this little game where he had to we like to play Scrabble, so he had to put words together and I had little spaces there that he had to fill in the gaps in sentences. And there were five pages of it and I filmed it all. And at the end, um, it said, our space, 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 space is as big as a space. And the letters were obviously B-A-B-Y and a P. And he was trying to put it together and he just wasn't getting it. And then he goes, our baby is big as a P, a P. And he got it and he goes, oh, I'll be pregnant. So that was a really beautiful thing he's reacting to. And, yeah, and just from then on, and because we'd had the losses, we we didn't tell anybody, we didn't tell our family, we just kept it a secret between the two of us. And we um, we we did a generation plus test, which is a genetic testing, and that was all showing really well as well. And we had an ultrasound in that time, which showed the heartbeat. And it was that day that we saw the heartbeat that I just knew we we were going to meet this baby. So it was really it was really special for us just finding out that we were pregnant and and the pregnancy was incredible. I felt energized. I I was not sick. I worked up until the day I shot a wedding the day before she was due. It was a ten hour wedding. I wow. um yeah, I, I was still very, very active. Yeah. I didn't feel tired. I I just felt wonderful. Yeah. The whole pregnancy. Yeah. And how yeah, I loved it. I just want to go back to that first month. How often did you guys talk on the phone? I did, did I just that would have been so hard not to just like I'm pregnant. It was hard. <laughs> yeah, it was hard, but we didn't talk often because he wasn't really in reception. reception. Yeah. So when we did speak, I think it was on the satellite phone. So it was literally, I mean, it's so expensive per minute. So it would just be, hi, how was your day? Yeah, that was really good. Can't wait to see you. And that was, and then I, you know, we just kind of had to go. So I was tempted a couple of times, but I just knew that I wanted to, to see his reaction in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also with the pregnancy, um, so just reflecting on my experiences of going through a pregnancy loss and then being pregnant and knowing that something felt different each time. Um, and yeah. Did you find that? Did you just really – because as, as I was listening, you said how you reconnected with your body, you loved your body, and then the pregnancy, you just seemed to be – in a lot of gratitude of where you're at and in the pregnancy and felt so good. Did you feel that, the the difference or something had shifted? I really did. Absolutely, yeah. Um, The first first couple of times that we found out we were pregnant, it was almost, I'm not sure, it was like a... um, 
I think I just doubted myself from the beginning and I didn't, I mean, when I found out I was pregnant with Marley, it was just such an appreciation of my body that I could get pregnant. And yeah, I just kept feeling more and more confident and trusting my body. I think it was, whereas I think the, the early times, I don't know if I trusted my body. Yeah. And yeah, this is the, this is, um, I, you know, I wholly believe, you know, it, from conception onwards, the trust in your body plays out in your birth. It plays out in everything that we we do. We sort of set and pave the scene on how we feel about ourselves. And but what I love about your story is it was like you needed, or energetically, it was that time when Brett came back and he's like, "I really want this." And then it's like this kind of cosmic decision that you guys made to call in Marley together knowing that you both were ready and you really wanted this and you held space for it. Yeah, and I really believe that too because I had been tracking my cycle for religiously for five years. And when we, I guess, gave up, we had we thought we were doing all the right things to get pregnant and we tried everything and then we thought, no, maybe it's not for us. But but then with Marley, it just happened and it was literally from this is literally from when we made the decision to have a baby, start a family, it only took one time that and we conceived. Yeah. And the part I love about it was you were listening. Was it Brett's brother that was speaking to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love yeah. how you were like really receptive and came home and there was this one night, you know. <laughs> it's... It was just like stars aligned. It was like everything had just – it was like we were just on the right path and everything was just happening. Yeah. Yeah. And – yeah, and we just trusted that kind of process. I wasn't really, I wasn't really surprised when I saw that we were pregnant. But I mean, I just remember each time doing a pregnancy test, I was just giggling. Yeah, wow. <laughs> just, yeah. just happy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so. I just love that. I've got goosebumps just thinking of those moments. It's, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, really happy time. Yeah, yeah. and I would definitely say that that's conscious conception you know it's been practiced traditionally for thousands of years and you tapped into Mm. something so amazing that we're able to do is consciously conceive and call in babies I mean they call themselves in too but just to be aware of it and part of that process um, it's really great to hear because it's very inspiring yeah, it is. And I just think that the respect that and appreciation and gratitude and trust that you that's born in your body when you when you feel that is life changing. You're listening to the Circle of Birth Podcast. 
circleofbirth.com. So you're doing a 10-hour wedding shoot. Yeah. <laughs> when you're about to have a baby. Awesome. <laughs> Tell me about prepping for this beautiful, gorgeous birth that we were also lucky to be, to, you know, I mean, I'm grateful that you shared this with the world and I'm sure so many other people are. So tell me how you came into this experience and what, what drove you to um, have the experience that you had in this, you know, in your transition? It was definitely the trust that I had in my body um, and just the trust that I had in Marley too because I always thought that we were working as a team. I always felt that if she needed something, then I, I might get a craving for that. Or I just I felt that I was really – it sounds silly, but I really felt like I was listening to Marley the whole time. I didn't even know Marley was a girl or boy, but this baby, I just – thought I was just in awe of my baby growing inside of me and the 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 way that I wanted to birth ironically now um in the early stages Brett and I were actually discussing an elective c-section and that was because he works away and when Marley was due was when he was supposed to be away and it was important for for both of us for him to be there for the birth um so I hadn't done a lot of research on birth really just um just what friends had told me what I'd seen when I'd been photographed in birth um I hadn't done a lot of research at that point um and when we were looking at that elective C-section, we weighed up the risks. Um, didn't even occur to me that it was major surgery. Um, so we looked at that and then the benefits, what they would be. But then, among other things, realised that it wasn't going to be a benefit because um, we don't have close family here to support me during that recovery period and Brett wasn't going to be here long after Marley was born anyway. So that's when I started looking at other ways. And um, I mean, and I think that if, just talking about that C-section, I think that the big thing is whatever a woman feels safest doing is the right thing. So I don't have anything against um, C-sections or anything like that. I think that everyone has a, a legal right to choice of how they'd like to birth. I also think that more women should probably do um, independent research away from maybe the, the antenatal classes that the hospitals might offer, which is my experience. Did, they, you, did you talk to an obstetrician about the elective? That was actually, it was something that the obstetrician um, supported and didn't really go into many risks, but a friend of mine who had two 
emergency C-sections, just said, Jesse, why would you want to do that? Why? You, there's so many benefits to having um, a vaginal birth if you can and you're recovering. Brett's not going to be here. Um, she goes, really look at your options. And she goes, I'll help you if Brett's not here. <laughs> if he's not here, I'll be your birth partner. So she was so passionate about it. Um, and then there was someone else in my life that had an elective C-section after a very traumatic birth that she experienced. And, you know, I was just so, I didn't I really didn't know much about why some emergency C-sections happen and what you might be able to do to avoid them and why some are considered an emergency when maybe they're not really an emergency. They just need to, the birth needs to be managed. So, it was probably more from my friends where that I learned more about risks and benefits rather than um, my obstetrician. Sure. Um, yeah. So I was under the care of an obstetrician from, it must have been about, it must have been 16 to 20 weeks, I think, is when I first started seeing him. And then we went overseas and came back, and that's when I was um, booked in for the antenatal classes. While I was away, I was doing, I started a hypno-babies program and actually I'll backtrack a little bit because when we were realising that Brett might not be here for the birth and not having family up here, that's when I decided to um, look into a doula. So I met Shelley probably at about 30 weeks. Or 25 weeks maybe, I can't remember. Yeah. And did you know um, much about doulas before you talked to Shelley or you just No, was, no. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I yeah. didn't. I just knew that I wanted um, someone that I could trust and that would help me, um, support me in the decisions that, that I wanted around birth. And if Brett couldn't be there, then it was, yeah, I just really wanted a doula. Um, and, yeah, after meeting Shelley, it was, actually it was a bit of a maybe we'll have a doula, but after meeting Shelley, it was I have to have a doula. <laughs> and there was just no ifs about it. It was Shelley is going to be there with us. Um, even if you are here, Brett, she is, she is here with us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so then she got me onto Hypnobabies. I went away, um, came back and had antenatal classes at the hospital, which I, ju- I am going to say that when I arrived, my first question was, are you booked in for an elective C-section? And because it's something we had considered, I wasn't, true I was a little taken aback about it but um yeah enough to say no 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 we're we're trying for a natural birth (laughs) so yeah and then the classes were very much about what you can um do for pain management and what might happen um in different scenarios and it wasn't really about how your endorphins are working with your body, which is what I was really interested in. So I had two of those classes and that's when I started to feel 
I don't think this is going to be for me because I really trust my body and I'm being made to feel like I, I can't do this by myself. And I am, I guess, a pretty, I can be a stubborn person and I do like to do things on my terms as well only because I, I believe in myself and I've been brought up that way. Yeah, I mean, we're so, going back to you in the full trust and the connection that you had with Marley and the trust that you had in your body. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I, I – then I thought, no, I'm still going to talk to them. Um, I joined the Know Your Midwife program, which is – it's a fantastic program where you are allocated your own midwife and she's there for your journey through pregnancy. And then the idea is that they're there for your labor and birth as well, which is such an excellent service to, to have for a woman. Yeah, is that um, through the, the public? Pro- is that, were you with public or private at that point? I was with private. So private, that was through yeah. the private hospital. Yeah, great. And so yeah. that program was run through the hospital, was it? Yes, and it was brand new. We, yeah, were, wow. uh, yeah. we were the first... Um, and it just happened that I think I must have been about 34 weeks when that um, started. So I'd heard about it and I'd registered for it. And then they um, said, okay, yes, we, we're ready to start coming in. And that's where it started. So it was really nice um, having a midwife that you could call or drop in and have a chat to them about anything. So it, it's a really fantastic program that they have yeah I mean that's really optimistic for public I mean for private systems too that sounds amazing yeah 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 yeah, really was um I really wanted a water birth and it was probably this that there's a few things that um led to us birthing at home and I'll mention this one because this is one of them. And that is you could labour in the bar, but you you couldn't um, birth in the in the bath that they had. So that was just a really sad policy that they had. Um, I also had to sign just when I registered with that with the hospital that I agreed to monitoring for cannula and all of these things just felt um, invasive to me that I, I didn't want to be monitored. I didn't want a cannula. Um, so I, you had I, to... I just kind of it, wanted to be left alone. Yeah, so was it like a pre-agreement that you had to sign before you even yeah. went into labour that you would let them monitor you even... If you said no, or how does yeah. that work? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's just one of their policies that when you register, it's just part of the paperwork that you need to sign. And I, at the time, I said, look, I don't really know if I want to be um, monitored and, you know, continuously. And she said, well, we can set something up where it's not um, all the time, but you're going to have to sign a waiver. Um if you decline it, so when you're in labour. And I just felt 
that's the last thing I want to be trying to, I don't want to be um, feeling uncomfortable saying no. I don't want to be feeling pressured that I really should be having things that I don't really want to have. And it was just making me uncomfortable just thinking about it. And then I did a different kind of antenatal class for Shelley, which was more about what your body's doing and what hormones are being released and and what happens if you're releasing adrenaline and stress and how it can stall labor. And it just made me just know I, I just, I don't want to be interrupted when I'm trying to birth. So it's just these little things in the back of my head just making me question what's going to happen when I go into hospital. I don't want to feel pressured to um, have a cannula and I don't want to be pressured to, um, you know, just the, the bright lights and people coming in and out of the room. I just don't want that interference. So I went and I spoke to the midwives that to my midwife that I was allocated and she was so beautiful. She said, Jesse, we can just have this one light on and we can throw a towel over it so it's been nice and dark for you. Um, we can cover all the, the beeping lights. We can you can bring your diffuser in, you can have light, you can have birth affirmations. And I, I started feeling good again and and then I said, Well can I bring my own birthing pool so I can I can have a water birth? And I just said, No, we just can't do it and you could tell that she just hated saying no because she had so much experience in home birth and water birth in the UK. You could tell, I, well, to me, I felt like she was pained saying, no, we, we can't do that in this hospital, which is really sad. Yeah. And so I, I spoke to them and I, I tried to find ways where we could just get around the policies, but it just seems like it wasn't going anywhere. And in amongst all this, I was also thinking, well, let's labour at home and and also prepare for a home birth, home birth because if I have a quick labour like mum dad mum did with me, we have to be prepared for that. So it's not an emergency, so that we do know what to do. So from that onwards, which it was, I think it was about thirty four weeks, just became just obsessive amounts of research and I used all my available resources which were it was studies it was books um it was Shelley obstetrician midwives I I felt like I couldn't tell them that I was making preparations in case we had a home birth I just felt like it was not going to be supported um, so I would just ask questions here and there about what potential complications there'd be and, and what, what happened. So um, I did, I learned about infant resuscitation. I learned about the um, nuchal cord and so many, so many things like shoulder dystocia and um, hemorrhaging and just everything. <laughs> And I felt very, very prepared. I, I could never replace a midwife. Um, ideally, we, were, we would have had a midwife, but we, we have no access here to private midwives or independent midwives. Um, so I couldn't replace that, but I did trust my intu- intuition. I trusted the research that I'd done 
and the training that I'd done. And I also trusted that Shelley would be able to help action um, my emergency plan as well. And she can read bodies. I, I really had so much trust in her as well that while she's limited in what she can do, I had every confidence that just with her experience of, and training with reading a woman's body, listening to her sounds, the way she's moving, I knew that she'd be able to talk to Brett if she thought we would need to transfer for any reason. Yeah. So I felt I, very d- confident. Yeah, I just want to go back to um, I have a dear friend, Catherine Bell. She's She calls herself a birth cartographer. Uh, she works oh, with okay. birth mapping and one of her things which I find is so helpful to a lot of women she works with is prepping for the fast birth and there's a lot of these kind of borderline traumatic stories like birth on the way to the hospital or, you know, birth at home where you're just not prepared for it and it's like what if I actually prepared for the fact that I might have a really quick labour and I'm at home, what would it look like if I was prepared for all the scenarios? How much would that mean for me in a less traumatic way if I prepared for that? And it's just like you said, you know, you did the what if. What if I had a fast labour like my mum? My labour was really quick and I was at home. And how much different would it look if I was prepared for it instead of going into a fight of panic and flight and flight? Yep, that's right. And and the last thing I wanted to be doing was driving. It's over an hour to to the hospital. The last thing I wanted to be doing was going along that windy road and in the throes of labour. Yeah, just being that stress and the discomfort, not feeling safe, worrying that the baby's going to be born in the car or on the roadside. I felt much safer preparing um, preparing for that at home. Exactly, yeah. And this is not yeah. uncommon. There's so many of us, and including myself, I'm in a, a regional area where the f- only private midwife is four hours away. Um, wow. We don't have access to it. You, got, you said you don't have access to it. Um, we don't. When I birthed, I was um, 40 minutes from the hospital and that's a long time mm-hmm. and that was my second baby and so I was prepping for a home birth with a midwife and where I was living then, my midwife was an hour away and still I prepped for the fact that I am responsible for my body I could have the baby without the midwife and I was okay with that. And it was such a different space than we have to get to this place or something is going to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and what you just touched on then um, about preparing and being able to have a safe and responsible birth um, and a beautiful birth, with our video that was um, recently was in the media, I think the saddest thing that I was criticised for was that I was creating an unrealistic expectation of birth where our birth was everything we expected and more 
but it's not because it just happened. It's because I did everything we could, um, not only to prepare for the birth, but prepare my body and my mind as well. Yeah. And I feel right from your conception, again, I'm in awe of the conception now that I've heard it, you know, if we, <laughs> if we looked at it in awe instead of criticising, what effect would that have on humanity? Why do we not have the right to have these experiences and share it with the world? It's shifting a paradigm. It's shifting a thought process that we believe that birth is unsafe, birth is painful, birth has to be something that we endure. It doesn't have to be the case. And just survive. And survive. So Marley will grow up and she'll know this experience that she's had but she'll also know the interpretation that you tell her, just like your mum told you. That's going to play out into her life now and when she has an experience Yeah, that's her imprint of birth. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I truly hope that by the time Marley, um, oh, my gosh, thinking about my baby having a baby, but <laughs> by the time she has a baby, I really hope things have changed and I really hope that women's, choices are supported as well because when I was looking at the elective c-section I did um the research or my own research my way and and it it does make me wonder why a woman who's made an informed decision to have a c-section is supported more than a woman who's probably done more of her own research around home birth and wishes to home birth Exactly. Yeah. And so tell me about the labour. Yeah, Yeah, okay. So the labour. How did it start? um, My labour, I didn't know I was in labour. It was very different. But I went into labour a week after Miley's due date. Um, So 41 weeks. I, it was really funny. The night before I had a late night, just, just had this, I actually filmed the birth space and it was like I was just doing little finishing touches on everything. When I was watching it too, there was in the start of the video, you were filming through the birth space and I encourage everyone to watch this. If there was a company that could set up birth spaces and you were it, I would just be like (laughs) ringing you up. Can you just come and set up my room? It was just gorgeous. All the little – I loved the – the little they were like Hessian triangles. Like yeah. Little, yeah. Yeah. And it was like boy or girl. They yeah. were four. They were actually from the birth announcement. Um sorry, not birth announcement, from our pregnancy announcement. I had made those bandanas for um my dog and cat. And so the cat was gonna be a big sister and my the dog skipper was gonna be the big brother. So I made those those Hessian um, neckerchiefs for them oh, love for it. the photo shoot <laughs> and so it was really important to me to surround myself in everything that just reminders of everything that made me happy so I had photos of my pregnant belly photographs of Brett and I together photos with our fur children 
Um, and then those neckerchiefs that I made for the dogs because they make me very happy and for Lulu, my cat. And I had crystals around me. So I just had, I had my birth affirmations, everything that was positive and made me happy because I knew how important it was for the oxytocin to be running wild and to help with, with labor and birth. So my birth space was very pretty and I actually didn't think of it like that until Julie Bell called me and she just said, Jessie, it was just, it was so pretty. Everything was so beautiful. And to me, it was just things that were really important to me. So, um, yeah, yeah, I to laugh yeah. she said that, but looking back, yeah, it did look pretty. I took photographs of it and I had this yep. beautiful, um, staying up there, which was, a woman giving birth leaves her body. Ah, oh, yeah, with to the, the stars. Yeah, goes to the stars and and yeah. comes back with her baby. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. that in the video with the. It was in a frame. It was yeah. really beautiful. So it was just everything that would just encourage those feel good endorphins. It was very too. I felt like you were tapping into some old ancestral ritualistic. You know, you're setting up a space. It's a rite of passage. Um, we probably always would yeah. have celebrated that and had a space set up and it was like that. And I think people, I mean, I know the amount of of effort and time and thoughts that went into planning our wedding yeah. <laughs> and you have like backup plans to backup plans and you want everything to be perfect and you want to do everything you can so that you have the best time on the day. I guess it was a little bit like that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the preparations and yeah. yeah, and everything that went into it. Yeah. So yeah, I was just doing those last little finishing touches and had kind of a late night, and then woke up at I think I went to bed at twelve thirty, and then I woke up at two thirty, and my cat, who she's just my shadow anyway, but she was on my belly and just purring and I remember going oh that feels really nice but I've got to get up I feel like I just need to go for a walk and so I just started walking around the house and it wasn't that I was having contractions at all I didn't get I actually never had a contraction it was just this I just needed to feel I just needed to be moving and kind of swaying and pacing and I started to feel really excited thinking I wonder if I'm in labor. I wonder if I am. But because I wasn't having contractions, I, I didn't wake up Brett because I thought there's nothing really to wake him up for. So I just came upstairs, laid in the bed. Lulu, my cat, followed me. And she just laid on my belly or beside me, just purring and just having those vibrations through my belly, which is so nice. And made me so happy and just, yeah, felt really good. And I just love that cat so much and I know she loves me. So <laughs> it was just really beautiful. It was just me and Lulu just in, you know, really quiet time of the of the night. And, yeah, just um, didn't really know I was in labour, I don't think, only because I wasn't having the contractions. I didn't ever have any, um, like what people explain as a period pain around in the front I had a little bit of a back ache but yeah nothing where I thought wow wow okay I must be in labor I must be in labor 
But, you know, I felt like something was up. I just didn't know exactly. I thought maybe it's the early pre-labor or something. And I was due that day to go see my obstetrician who wanted to talk to me about being induced. So I, I'd been thinking the night before, how do I tell him I don't – I just – to me, I thought, I just – can I just say no? Do I have to have a reason? I just want to say no, I don't want to be induced. So I was kind of stressing about that a little bit. But, yeah, as it turned out, I didn't make it to that appointment anyway. I'd had the baby by then. <laughs> so I didn't wake Brett until it must have been about probably 6 o'clock. And I just said, Brett, I just let you know something something feels like it's up, but I, I don't think we need to go and call um, Shelly or anything like that. I just feel I've just got a bit of pain in my back. And... You know, look, I did feel pushy. I was feeling pushy, but, I, yeah, I don't really know. I, I, I've got to think about my labour a bit more because looking back at it, it was almost like I went just bam into stage two. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. When I realised I was in labour, it was it was all on. It was I was felt feeling pushy. I, your body just does whatever. It, I remember um, when I was getting this pressure in my back, I would just drop to a squat, and it just felt so good just to drop to a squat. And then I'd stand up again after I had that pressure wave, and everything would feel normal. So I'd spoken to the midwives about labouring at home, and they were all on board for that Um, and they had said when your contractions get to this far apart and this long, that's when you might want to look at coming in and, yeah, I'd never never turned my back on the hospital because it was not like I woke up thinking I'm birthing at home today and that's all there is to it. If If I felt like I had any feeling that I thought I was going to, be safe, feel safer in hospital, then I would have gone straight away. But I really enjoyed my labour. It was just I danced with Brett, I swayed with him. I, yeah, it was just whatever my body, I was just following what my body wanted to do. If I felt like squatting, I did. If I wanted to be on my yoga ball, I jumped on that. So, yeah, it was just really nice. It was very enjoyable. It wasn't really painful. Um, yeah, it was. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. And how long new, before you jumped in the water? Where the, I know there was well, a photo yeah. before the video started and it was said it was a half an hour before Marley was born. Yeah. And my, I'd, I'd heard because I really – Brett was kind of doing all sorts of things because our air conditioning broke up, I blew up. So he was talking to um, – we had tradies over fixing air conditioning and – so I was kind of um, – I know Shelley was, was there and around. I know that Brett was coming and checking in on me every now and then. But I was just in my own zone. I was very unaware of anything that was going around. So very the tradies very well could have been in the house, and they probably were. I haven't actually thought about it since. But they would have been in the house while I was labouring. But I have no idea of that. I was just in my own in, – inside myself. So it was, um, 
the bar, so Shelley, I, I remember here and there her saying, oh, Jessie, where do you envision um, having your baby? And I didn't even call Shelley to come because Brett said, do you think we should call Shelley? And I said, no, no, I could be in labour for 20 or 30 hours, Brett. I think this is just pre-labour. No, don't call her. It would just be a waste of time. Don't call her. But he's obviously seen something different, whereas I felt like I wasn't imminent. He's obviously seen someone that was imminent, maybe. So he's called Shelley, and Shelley intuitively had already started driving down and was um, going to see a friend until she was until I was ready. She said, whenever Jessie wants me, just... I'll just be here whenever she feels like she wants me to come. So she was already on my way. So she she arrived and, yeah, I kind of remember hearing her saying, so where do you envision having Molly? And I know I was saying, in the bath, in the bath, upstairs. And I, I think I remember her saying, quick, go run the bath. But he was so busy with the tradespeople that I don't think he did. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, I think the bath got run. It was probably when i um when i reached transition and my waters broke at transition and it was just this incredible fountain because of the angle i was at it was just this fountain and i remember just going whoa <laughs> kind of laughing and shelly saying is everything okay? What's happening? Because she was just so unobtrusive and when I wanted to be, I'd go find my own space and she would just be in the, like, in the background there. So she said, is everything okay in there? And I've gone, I think my water's just broke. And then I think she's gone, okay, Brett, you get this bath run now. <laughs> and that's when we came straight up to the bath. And, and I was quite, I was very pushy then. And I had researched um, the, well, Shelley had told me about, and then I'd researched the um, fetal ejection reflex. Yeah, that's the real thing. <laughs> yeah, and so for my sister, my poor sister, who had people at birth, it was, she had people yelling, push, push, push. And, oh, just when I learned about that fetal ejection reflex, you just learn so much, don't you? And yeah. I knew I don't – and I had my – I did my birth plan for – I mean, my bags were packed for hospital. They were. And we called the hospital to let them know we were in labour as well. So it was never that I wasn't going to hospital. It was just the way things happened. Um, yes, it was my preference because I felt safer in, in my house and I could have the birth that I wanted, the water birth in my house and feel supported. Yeah, the birth, so I did have a birth plan that I'd given the midwives. And so even on that, it was no coach pushing and no episiotomy. And um, it was, yeah, all the, all the birth wishes that I had. So when I got into the bath, I remember thinking in my head, oh, yeah, this, um, the, this ejection, what is it, fetal ejection reflex, this is a real thing because I was not pushing and, and I could feel Marley coming down that the birth canal there. So, yeah, everything. I was very, very in the moment, but you're kind of calling on all these other things that you've learnt and heard, and 
and just have really resonated with you as well. So, Brett, I know um, <laughs> Shelley went down to get Brett. And, I, and Brett said he came up the stairs going, okay, Shelley, so how long, how much longer is this going to be? Like another 10 hours or 20? And she turned to Brett and she said, Brett, you're about to meet your baby. And he's just leapt into the bath right, right, you know, at the right time. And that's when Marley was entering the world. When men are in the birth space and when they're in awe of a woman, what effect that can have and how that can carry through. Yeah. He was just so sweet. He said how awesome you were. I can't remember what words he said. but He it was, did. Yeah. Fully grown male in absolute awe of the woman that he's in front of birthing your baby. It was just beautiful. Yeah. It was so beautiful and it was so incredible just having that, you know, cheer team there just saying, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. You're so amazing, just telling me over and over. And it just, you know, I think I was just smiling from hearing him say that and just feeling so loved. And I will never, ever forget the way that he was making me feel and how powerful he was making me feel right at the moment that I was having Marley. Yeah. And tell me, how did it feel um, I'd love to hear your interpretation of how it felt when Marley came out. Um, I know we saw the video. How was it for you? And also what was Brett's thoughts on it after for him, for this experience? When Marley was coming, I, I could I could feel her. So I remember, and it's so, it's so different bursting on your own, I guess, without a, um, a, a medical team there that... It, sorry, Marley. <laughs> it's, um, she's reenacting. Yeah, yeah. She's living it. Um, yeah. Um, so I think because you can you can hear people saying she's crowning, she's crowning, or your baby's crowning, and you're about to meet your baby. And I didn't have that, and it was really much by touch and feel that I knew Marley was there. So I remember just um, reaching down and just just feeling what was going on, and feeling. Um, her her head her hair there and just remembering wow that just doesn't feel like what I thought it would feel it's so soft and kind of a bit slimy but it just gave me this feeling that I'm about to meet this beautiful little thing that I've just fallen so in love with and I think that's the point where you see me I just get so excited and I could have just sat back a little bit and just let her just slide on out but I just got so excited to meet her that I can't I think I must have done a little a little push. And she um yes, yeah, so I remember when she did come out and it wasn't too like what they say contractions where the head comes out and then the shoulders come out. She kind of just came she came out, flying out. And that's when Brett caught her. And I think that's the instant where he's gone. What do I do? What yeah, do I do yeah, here? He looked at the and Shelley. Looked at Shelley. Shelley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's just gone. Put her on mummy's. Put her on mummy's chest. And yeah, he's just he's he's done that. And it was just such a really beautiful. Um, it was such a beautiful thing to share, and it was such a special moment that it was it was just us, yeah. and we. We created Marley and then we were there just to welcome her into this world. And that's the other thing. If he 
if I didn't have his support to to have Marley at home, I couldn't have done it. Exactly. <laughs> what, yeah. How they um, support you has so much impact on um, on you as well. On it's not that I thought, oh, maybe my body can't do it if Brett doesn't, if I don't have his support. But it's just you—you you have to make this decision together. And it's not just for home birth; it's for hospital births as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It has to be that conscious um, conversation that you have with each other. Yeah. So, how how do you feel? After this experience, do you feel it eased the transition into motherhood and the way you manage things that come up that arise in your mothering journey? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having Brett there as well, the whole, the bonding, the immediate bonding that he and Marley had and just the the endorphins that he experienced being part of that birth as well, I think just gave him just an instant connection and bond with Marley. And, it, it, you know, that that bath was the birth of, of parenthood for both of us because, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't thought of it that way, but being in that bath like that, and then, and it was just three of us and welcoming Marley into the world together. We stepped out of that bath as parents. We, we were both too. So it was just our relationship has changed and we just with decisions that we make with Marley, we, we really trust our, um, our choices with her. And it's very, I think, yeah, I just think it gave us a lot of confidence in our, in our own capabilities and ourselves because you just don't know what kind of parent you're going to be and you don't know, you want to be the best person you can, but you, it's so new and, and you're not taught really. It's just all you can rely on is, your upbringing and your intuition <laughs> and your intuition. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and how you'd like to parent. So, um, you know, I think it had an impact on us in that we're very confident with the decisions that we have to make with Marley and yeah, we just trust ourselves and each other. And we really do, um, rely a lot on intuition as well. Yeah. Wow, I love it. And yeah, and it's really beautiful because we, you know, the whole coastly thing and everything. So I knew I always wanted to have Marley and we, we practiced the coastly thing. But I thought, oh gosh, how is it for the, the husband or the partner who suddenly it used to just be the two of you and then now there's a baby in between you or a baby in bed with you? And I remember asking, babe, we've had Marley for a few months now. How do you feel about? her being in bed with us and he said oh where else are we going to put her of course she's in bed with us 
<laughs> so that's really beautiful as well because it's just it's the three of us and it's yeah. not it's just a, yeah it's just a really beautiful um bond that we all have yeah yeah so yeah and that resonates you know it's a connection it's intuitive it's not you know being critical on yourself for doing such a thing you're tuning in with each other um it's yeah it's an evolution of you guys and I just thought when when Brett had that conversation with you um before you got pregnant was that in a bath too it was by the pool. I was by the pool. I thought you were in the pool. Yeah. 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 We had our say, feet in the pool. There's a bit of a water theme going on with you guys. There is, and he works on the water. <laughs> yeah, he works and, on the water, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the water plays a big part in our lives. <laughs> it must have been all that time that he was out to sea having, you know, that reflection time. and. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah, that's probably when yeah. Riley was like, I'm coming. Dad, you need to go yeah. tell mum. <laughs> yes, yep, that's right. Yeah, I think while they were out there, they had that um, eclipse as well, which they had the best view of out at sea. Oh, so wow. there yeah. you go. Maybe it was something yeah. to do with yeah. that. <laughs> I would not doubt it for a second. I'm in tune with all that sort of stuff that a lot of us would think is woo-woo, but I just love it. I know. <laughs> I, I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, thank you so much. I've got a lot out of just listening to your story. It's just been fascinating to see the absolute connection that you guys have brought together to bring Marley into the world. It's so empowering for me. Um, a seasoned listener of birth stories, but even still I'm blown away by this. I just think it's so amazing. So, so much gratitude for you sharing this. It's brave, but I feel you've taken it on as your right and responsibility to share it with the world. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. It's been so beautiful reliving the, you know, the whole Mali journey. So, I've really enjoyed speaking with you about this. Yeah, and maybe when she's older, she can listen to the podcast and show it to all her friends. Yeah, hi, Marley. <laughs> just a thought that I just had thinking about um, what helped me to have confidence in my body was all the videos that I watched um, while I was pregnant and all, all different kinds of, of births. But I really, you know, technology has changed so much and for women to have access where they can watch even live births happening is such an amazing resource. And the reason why I did give um, Julie from Blissful Herbs permission to share that 60-second snippet or glimpse of our birth. So... Yeah, so I did that to kind of give back um, in a way to help any other mums that are taking the time to research birth options and be educated and informed in their decisions. So, yeah, I just um, wanted to give thanks also to all the, the other women that have shared their birth stories and videos because it just makes that women's circle stronger. Yes, 
exactly. I mean, that's the reason why I started this podcast was a 4am breastfeed. It's like I've got to do something more and that's why we're grateful for you. Um, like Julie Bell, she's absolutely amazing, the work that she does um, yeah. in advocating for women and birth and all sorts of things. And if we keep sharing this stuff, you know, we've got to keep doing it. We've got to stick together. We're all yeah, in it together. Definitely. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's em- empowered women, empowering women. Yeah. It's such an important support circle to have. Yeah. Because women are amazing and they are capable of so much more than maybe they believe. Exactly. Yeah. And if we can all come in into that together, feeling safe, you know, not judged, not shamed, which is what we've come from and it's not our fault it's just the way that the construct of our society has led us to believe that we should shame each other as women or judge each other um but yeah. inherently we're so much better connected when we don't when we when we're all in awe of each other when we can look at your video and just yeah. be in absolutely like the whole thing from the way you set up the birth space to your gorgeous husband to your gorgeous little dogs that were there greeting your baby. It's, you know, it's yeah. just if we look at that like a child in absolute wonder and love, that's the mystery that holds us in life. And, yeah, that's when we're all together. And we need connected. to be – that's right. And, and we need to be gentle with each other and to ourselves as well. Because that makes us stronger. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I just encourage everyone to check out the blog that I haven't asked you yet, but um, there'll be some (laughs) photos and I'll link to all any resources that you've recommended in your journey. Um, Also link to your videos. I'd love people to check out your Riot of Response YouTube video, which is amazing. So. Um, thank you so much, gorgeous family. Thank, thank you so much, Ali. It's been so beautiful speaking with you. Did this episode tickle your heart, move and rattle you in its wisdom? I hope you resonated with the show. Please head over to the website, circleofbirth.com, for show notes, including my personalised take on the episode, pictures, resources and how you can connect with a storyteller. Sign up to the newsletter and most importantly, please help this show grow to its full potential of serving you in its ancient wisdom. Donations made easy via PayPal. All donations will be received with love. Head to circleofbirth.com donate. And yes, I'd love an iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we become. We are you and him.